Rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast. A Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Cosmic Force. My name is Tyler Reganti, and we have our very own Utini crossover event tonight as we welcome the hosts of Legends Look Back and celebrate a classic, classic crossover story. Um, before we get into it, let me go ahead and go around the room and introduce everybody, and we start where we always do. Emma, how are we doing tonight? Hello, everybody. I'm doing fantastic. Really excited for this crossover and um, doing a lot of podcasting this week. It's been a lot of fun and I'm ready to yeah, rock and roll. Yes, we are too. Caleb, how are you doing tonight? I see we have I'm three do- flags out behind you now. I know. I'm Kev. Before you know it, I'll have just an entire United Nations of flags <laughs> behind me, but that's the goal. But no, I'm doing really well. I'm excited to talk about some good comics here. I think we're going to have a have a good long episode. So buckle yourselves in, get some snacks. We're going to be here for quite a while, I think. Yes, it will be a very fun episode. Uh, Jacob, let's check in with you. Uh, I have to say it just because we've been talking about it all week in Discord. Um, go Lightning! We go have. Lightning! So no, go Bruins! Your your. <laughs> You're, well, well, you you got your own. We'll we'll talk about you in a couple weeks when <laughs> Lightning beat you. But, anyways, Jacob, besides having your 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 canes lose to my Lightning last night, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, uh, that was pretty rough. I basically after after the second goal went in, I just walked upstairs and started working on the show outline some more. So um, that was a good time. Uh, definitely, thank you, Lightning, for allowing me to make sure I finished the sh- the summary for the comics. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Vasilevsky is broken. Uh, someone needs to ban him from the league. It's <laughs> trash. Anyways. Yeah, that's what everybody who's not in Tampa thinks. So, uh, And now we come to our first guest host of the night, our, our first repeat guest host of the night. Jared, we are back for round two. Oh. How are you doing tonight? First repeat guest? Oh, yeah. All right. You guys going to send me a medal? Or am nope. I going to stiff me like Chewy and uh, not give hey, me he one? he got one. He just You're, gave it back. You, we will send yours about 30 years uh, into the future. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And last Perfect. but certainly not least, we have the other host tonight, Freddie. How are we doing tonight? Finger guns all over, guys. I'm super <laughs> excited. I am really excited for this event. First time host. I am honored to be here. Uh, I love comics, so... Legends comics, throw them. Let's do it, guys. I'm so excited. Yes, it's going to be a fun show. And if you are joining us for the very first time, welcome. We are a Star Wars comic podcast that broadcasts live right here on YouTube.com slash Utini every Wednesday night. Normally, we do it at 8 o'clock tonight because we're having a special jumbo episode here. We're doing it late uh, uh, later tonight at 9. Um, but if you can't join us when we do go live, that's okay. All of our videos are available on the YouTube channel for you to, to watch whenever you want to. And we are also available on all of your favorite podcast uh, p- platforms as well. So when you find us either here on YouTube or on the podcast, make sure you you give us a like, you give us a subscribe, and you can uh, make sure you join us for all of the fun uh, topics that we talk about. Uh, We also encourage you to join us in our Discord, which has over a thousand members in it. Uh, Our Discord is growing so, so uh, large these days. It is utini.com slash 
Discord. Uh, we have so many channels, e com comics channels, legends channels, book channels, uh, everything that you that you want. Uh, it is a great community, and I highly encourage you to join it. And if you like what you see tonight, or if you like what you see in the Discord community, then head on over to patreon.com slash utini, and where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire utini podcast network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community events. So... We have a very busy show tonight, so I am going to go ahead and get right into the weekly pull list. Uh, again, another short list tonight, but uh, we've got uh, we've got two entries tonight. So, Jacob, what do we have on the weekly pull list? Right. So, you said two entries. We actually only have one single issue comic, but I do want to start making sure we note when the trade paperbacks come out, just because, you know, that's what a lot of our show is based off of. So, the first one is a single issue, Bounty Hunters, number 13, uh, showdown on Smuggler's Moon, which isn't that like the second trade paperback? That's of what I the thought Star too. Wars yeah, 2015. <laughs> I don't. Know. Yeah, it's like that's behind me. I'll check uh, when the camera's not on me. Uh, right, written by Ethan Sachs, pencils Paolo Velnelli. Uh, the cover is Giuseppe Camancoli, colorist R.F. Priento, and letterer Travis Lanham. Uh, and I want to make sure I forgot to do this last week, but it is Pride Month, and in honor of Pride Month, let's celebrate those Pride covers. Uh, today's Pride cover that's coming out today is uh Irka quell from alphabet squadron uh for the bounty hunters the same issue i just talked about and this cover is by uh jacopo kamangi so uh every issue uh gets a cover featuring an lgbtqia member of the star wars universe and is drawn by someone at part of that community as well uh so yeah rocking the Irka variant and then also yeah, we have a Bounty Hunters trade paperback that comes out. It came out yesterday. Uh, those usually come out on Tuesdays. Uh, this is Target Valence Volume Two, written by Ethan Sachs. The cover art is uh, by Paolo. Or sorry, the pencils for the series is Paolo Villanelli, and the cover for this is by Lee Bermejo. So all the links for that are down in the description if you want to get your own copy on Comicsology. That so, uh, that second that volume that. definitely it's it's much better in my opinion in that than, than the first cover first um volume yeah i have to agree and that pride cover too oh my gosh so so cool oh yeah the pride yeah. cover we had we had afro last week we've got Erica quell this week they are just knocking it out of the park with the representation and just uh, just amazing art it's, sure. it's an awesome way to yeah. to to celebrate uh you know everybody in in that way so uh keep an eye out for all those variant covers um you guys know who you are who love the love the variant covers so <laughs> Now we're going to go ahead and get dive right into what we are loving, and we'll start with my art of the week. Um, this really could have been one of like eight different pieces of art, and we'll kind of talk about it more in depth later, but this is a piece from Shadows of the Empire, issue number one. Um, the, the, like I said, I'm not going to talk too much about it right now, um, because we'll, we, we will talk about it as we, we get into the full uh, review. But yeah, the space battles in this book are, are really, really cool. Uh, the color is is just it's a little it's a lot different than what it is uh, you know what what we see currently so uh, pretty much every every turn of the page I, I was telling Jacob I, I sent like three I unsent like three different versions of like nope I want this one instead so yeah definitely from <laughs> absolutely nineties absolutely glory. so Emma what is what is your art of the week this week yeah so mine is from Age of Rebellion Princess Leia number one with art by. Mark Deering, Will Sliney, Chris Sprouse, and Carl Story. And this kind of ties into this uh, this week's episode with uh, Leia in the in the Bausch outfit here. 
uh, and Lando as well with Boss coming down on them. I love the angle here. And I don't know. Something about this art was just, it was so striking. Very cool. I love it. All right. And now, now Caleb, I, I, I have no words for this. <laughs> Neither did I. Neither did I. Like, after I read this art, this is from the uh, Age of Rebellion, the substory Stolen Valor, and it features Porkins and Biggs, who both died in the Death Star run, taking a vacation, and it's the weirdest thing. I blew up on our personal Slack channel, like, what the hell did I just read? And I it, I could not not make this the art of the week. There's just so... It's such a wild wow, trip. I you mean... guys... Have it's to so read pastel-y. It just for the sake of reading it. it in, it's that's, that's a word. Can we talk about how Caleb's <laughs> yeah, shirt matches? Yeah, you know, maybe maybe I I subconsciously picked the shirt because of this. It's just it's a wild wild trip. If you want to see something that's never been done in Star Wars before, not saying it should be, but it's definitely like a weird existential like I'm not going to say Rick and Morty in that sort of style, but like that sort of existential crisis of like humanity that is happening in this series, and you wouldn't tell by looking at it. Uh, it's there, wild. There, there are no. I have no words, so I'm just gonna move right along. You should, to Jacob. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, it, I concur. It's a wild comic, uh, but mine is. I'm I'm rounding out the Age of Rebellion uh, with my mine from Age of Rebellion, Luke Skywalker. With pencils by Chris Sprouse and Stefano Landini, and colors by Tamara uh, Bonvillain. So uh, it's just a great hero shot of Luke tearing through some Imperial security droids. I don't know if I need to say much else. It looks awesome. So. <laughs> and it's about and it. are a so comic cool. show, so that that qualifies. So it, it's it's, it's kind pretty of right. All right, Jacob, or not Jacob? Jacob just went. So Jared, it, well, Jacob, Jared, I can you know, be Jacob. Let's. let's uh, you're right, absolutely. I was Jacob so what, one time. What was your art of the week this week? Yeah, I've got a panel here from Shadows of the Empire number three. This is drawn by Killian Plunkett, and I think I had this sent to Jacob <laughs> within <laughs> seconds of turning to this page on, on my uh, my iPad. I absolutely love <laughs> Kawaki and Monkey Lizards, and this is, for my money, one of the best drawn Kawaki and Monkey Lizards in the history the non-sandy, of Star Wars comics. Uh, Chapa. Yes, yeah, it's pretty spot on. Jab- Jabba was very oh, interesting yeah. in this book, um, and so, and and Freddie, I I haven't seen your art, but in the show notes, it's described as NASCAR Chewbacca. So again, <laughs> I am extremely interested in what this is. <laughs> okay, so if there's one thing that Legends Look Back uh, does really well at, it's coming up with memes. Right, we've got slippery, uh, slimy, Palpatine. <laughs> we've got Nubbins Vader. Now we've got. Hot dog Boba Fett. Yeah, hot dog Boba that, Fett. I want to say that was a, a cosmic that's force. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's Emma's fault. <laughs> well, in my piece, we've got we've got what I call NASCAR Chewbacca. So we we see him, and it well, this whole thing is is really nice. First of all, the art is really well done. There's there's a sense of urgency, which you know to draw urgency in a picture or in in anything is, is really you know it's pretty amazing, and you can just see it. Without reading any of the text, there's a lot going on. But in the very first panel, Chewbacca has what looks like a mullet and buck teeth. If you zoom in, obviously you might not be able to, but do it in the comic. It's there. Uh, this is, Which, I want to uh, say, this is, six. Six. This is from yeah. five. This, no, this is the last one. Yeah. This five. is the last one. Five? Yeah, I think it's number five. five. Number five? I thought it was number six. So NASCAR oh, Chewbacca, man. he's there. Uh, and I picked it because it was just so I laughed so hard and I, I it, you know, nothing in the text 
is funny, but it's just he looks he looks good. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. It, <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and go straight into okay, we zoomed the, in on what, what, oh there we go oh we are zooming in okay awesome <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh we'll have to pull we'll have to pull that back up when we get when we talk about uh, the, the the book later um so we're going to talk about now what we've been reading and it hasn't been much for me it's been shadows of the empire um and um only a real little bit of of evolution um so because it's been a pretty busy week so we'll talk about that in mo- more uh, emma what about you yeah, much the same for me. Um, I read Shadows of the Empire, Shadows of the Empire Revo- uh, Evolution, and the Shadows of the Empire novel. And then I was reviewing oh, wow. Thrawn uh, Greater Good for the Living Force Roundtable. So I've kind of been doing a little bit of everything this week. <laughs> yeah, you are you are killing it with all the pot man. You with all the podcast shows, you had time to read all that as well. Uh, not all of it. I just kind of reviewed Thrawn. I kind of like watched my review video again because i was like oh i have all my thoughts here like oh that's perfect um and i you know kind of read wikipedia a little bit just to i know i did not have time <laughs> to read a whole nother thrawn book given how dense it is man nah no way no way but uh yeah a lot of shadows of the empire i finished that in like less than a week i think to to make sure i had it in time uh for tomorrow's show and that was quite the adventure which i'll i'm sure we'll talk about tomorrow <laughs> Well, once again, you are putting me to shame. So, Caleb, I'm going to pass it to you. What are you What are you reading this week? Oh, Lord. I'm catching up on a lot. I finished off Ahsoka, the audiobook for Ahsoka, which is my, actually kind of relevant with what's going on with Bad Batch right now. Ironically, didn't know that going into it. I'm also going through the Afra audio drama. So that's that's been a pretty good read. It's it's nice. I've you know been catching up on all the Shadows of the Empire, past and present. And also I've been reading uh, the weirdest thing that can't came up in the Marvel app. Uh Star Wars Agent of the Empire is an old dark horse, uh essentially James Bond Star Wars series, and it's really good question mark <laughs> i haven't finished the first arc yet but it's um i love when star wars does something very unique with its uh storytelling and it's definitely kind of a, a copy paste of james bond and it's very interesting i i like it a lot so no pink and pastels and no people <laughs> riding a dinosaur in a lake that was last week that was last week <laughs> all right jacob what are, what are you reading um, yeah, so like everyone else, I read Shad- Shadows of the Empire and Shadows of the Empire Evolution, and it was like unfortunate because I got in a such a uh, motivated mood to just like I wanted to burn through a ton of canon comic books. I'm like, well, I have to read through all these Legends comic books, and like I enjoyed the experience of them, but I like read them multiple times to make sure I actually absorbed it all. So uh, I- I'm gonna try and like read like 50 canon comic books next week. That's my goal. 50 canon uh, com- and then comic books. I- I w- so I want to I have like 50 issues left before I basically finish out the 2015 era of all that stuff um, and then I'll somebody, feel happy somebody so in then, chat keep uh, him honest <laughs> you, you heard it here 50 Actually, comic books next week so 57 days 50 that's divided only by bad, seven. Really. that's only 7 it's not a lot day. but that's, that's assuming I, we're not doing I, anything I else I can do it Right. Well, okay. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me rank, let me pull it back a little bit. But no, uh, I think it's reasonable. Yeah. The it would take me around Empire Sin. I have fifty. Yeah. Empire Empire Ascendant is fifty issues um, away from me right now, which is kind of the end of all that. So, 
I think I can do it. We'll, we'll see. Right. Uh, but yeah, I did that, and I read like one chapter of Alphabet Squadron because it takes me forever. And then I, I, I didn't read it, but I listened to the Shadows of the that Empire counts. soundtrack, which I have on vinyl. That, that counts. Um, yeah. Oh, on it vinyl. Is, it's nice. It, it is shockingly awesome. good. Like, shockingly good. Uh, we'll definitely, like, even if you, outside of the comics and the movie, and the, or not the movie, the book and the game, I would recommend anyone listen to it. All right. So. Jared, uh, it yeah. seems here that you, you, you're adventuring outside of uh, Star Wars for, for right now for what you're reading. Well, the thing that I'm reading for Star Wars ah, is like a super secret gotcha. thing right now, so I can't tell you. But but I did read about a thousand pages of grad school material because mm. I've got an intensive class this week. So if you want to know about the ancient Babylonian roots that are referenced within the Book of Ecclesiastes, <laughs> so is I'm that what is that what you what you've been but talking about not, in the in the that's not my slack, uh, the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have said some crazy religious conversations. But in terms of comics, I've been reading the Power Rangers comics with my kids. And we've been doing this for months. We are right now in the middle of the 2018 oh. Mighty Morphin Power Ranger run, which is one well, of the best comics the best Power of, Rangers, so. of anything. It is, it is seriously, I've read what, thousands of comics in my life. They are some of the very best comics of any franchise I've ever read. We're right in the middle of the Shattered Grid crossover event, and it is <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. I actually had to miss out on tonight's reading for the show, so you guys owe an apology <laughs> your, to my kids. Uh, your, your excitement has, has me excited. I, I, I might have to, have to start putting some research into, in, into this book. I kid you not. They're Freddy. unbelievable. Let, let, let's let's bring it back. What are you, what are you reading? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm reading Shatterpoint, which is uh, by Matthew Stover. I believe it was released around June 2013, and uh, it's it's number one, I believe, in the com- in the Clone Wars series. I think that's what I have in the show notes. Clearly, I just shut them off once I'm lo- I'm done looking at them. Right, Jared? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I honestly, I've slept on a lot of Clone Wars content in Legends, and I'm catching up on it now, and I like it a lot. So I'm pretty excited to get started with Shatterpoint. Nice. Nice. Well. All right. So the main topic of the show tonight is, you know, we we've been we've been hyping up War of the Bounty Hunter, uh, and if again. I can't stress this enough. If you haven't read issue one yet, please go get that. You will not be disappointed. But uh, in, in honor of that, we've kind of kind of had this idea. Jared uh, had, I, I believe, had this idea. So I'm going to go ahead and, and let him kind of explain it. But uh, Jared, why, why are we talking about a, a, a book and novel or a book and comic book that came out, you know, in the 90s? Well, that's a great question. Thank you for asking me. It's almost <laughs> like I wrote that question myself. <laughs> Here's the thing. It is 2021. This story came out in 1996, which makes it what uh, anniversary? I was told there'd be no math. 25 years old. Yeah. You need a calculator. Well, I'm 25. Yeah, it's like I'm 25 and was born that year, so uh, I'm going to go with math, 25. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, happy birthday, and also happy birthday to Shadows of the Empire. It is the 25th anniversary, and uh, so this is something that we've been planning for Maybe about six, eight months now. Uh, as hey, soon, Freddie's Freddy, got his. I've got mine. <laughs> right, right about, Jacob's got his. <laughs> right about the time that you guys launched the Cosmic Force, I was like, we've got to do a crossover event because that's the big thing in comics. There's a, a tremendous history of comics crossover events. I just mentioned Shattered Grid and Power Rangers. Of course, there's Secret Wars and Marvel. 
There's some good uh, old school Legends crossover events. There's the Vector storyline. We've got a new one happening right now in Or the Bounty Hunters. And so to coincide with that, We've got the Legends roots of what uh, is being referenced in War of the Bounty Hunters, the original reference material. That way now when we get deeper into War of the Bounty Hunters, we can say, uh, who did it better, canon or Legends? Uh, You can see how the story deviated. If they reference anything, you can catch the Easter eggs, guys. We know we love our Easter eggs. and so, you know, that's the basic gist of it. Also, you know, with the High Republic, we've got this massive multimedia uh, storytelling initiative. You know, we've got um, no vinyl soundtrack yet. Where's that for High Republic? We need a vinyl Oh, 100%. Soundtrack, that sounds so cool. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take <laughs> but, it, yeah. <laughs> we don't have Funko Pops. We don't have action figures. But Shadows of the Empire had action figures. Rumor has that there were oh even Halloween gosh. costumes. I, have I do not remember. I do remember... Having the Outrider, I do remember having Dash Rendar, Prince Shizor, and 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 all of those action figures when I was a kid. Okay, I do not remember Halloween costumes. It is in the Essential Readers book with the, the one that Freddie loves, the one with Yoda on the cover. Um, Pablo Hidalgo says that there were well, Halloween costumes. So, hey, got to hold them accountable. They're out there somewhere. If you find them, send me one, please. Um, and I can't wait to dress my little kids up like Prince Shizor. Well, since I think, I believe you, you and I are the only ones who can remember this, and, and, we're, and, and we're alive when, when, when this originally came out, let's go ahead. Freddie's my age. Freddie's oh, Fre- my age. Oh, Freddie, you're our age, too? Okay. I, I, I apologize for okay. that. I did, not, I did not know that. Um, so let's, let's catch everybody else up. Uh, Emma, why don't you give us a little bit uh, of background on, on everything about uh, Shadows of the Empire, uh, when it came out, where we are in the timeline, yeah, and, sure. and, so and all the other details. This whole event uh, was released uh, between May and October of 1996, and was set between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, um, similar to the time period that War of the Bounty Hunters is set in today. Um, the creatives behind this, uh, for the comics... Uh, the, the comics were written by John Wagner, who was adapting the novel by Steve Perry. The penciler was Killian Plunkett, who, you know, by the way, if this name is familiar, it should be. He was the lead character designer on The Clone Wars and the art director on Rebels. And by the way, I didn't know this until uh, just now reading it on the show notes. Uh, <laughs> and so my mind is blown, and I'm very, I'm very impressed by that. Uh, because in the omnibus on my iPad, I was like, oh, where's the writers and the, and the artists? And it didn't list any of them. And I was going to look it up later and I forgot. And man, that's so cool that Killian Plunkett did that. I love that. Uh, the anchor uh, was P. P. Craig it Russell. Cool. The color artist was Carrie Porter. The letterer was Dave Cooper. And the cover artist was Hugh Fleming. So that's a little bit of background information on uh, this initiative and and specifically these comics um tyler i'm gonna throw it over to you to start off our summary so the first thing that we need to understand is the timeline here and 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 yes it was set between empire strikes back return of the jedi but i believe jacob this was technically set four no three plus Star Wars four, Star Wars four. What, what was the? Oh, it was, the weird, it, was, funky... it was it was a it was like ASW four. Was it was yes. after Star Wars episode four was like the timeline after Star Wars four no, yes. notation at the front of it. It was I mean it's like basically directly after like they're talking about how like how Luke basically just got his new mm-hmm. hand. So yes. yeah, after yeah five. after five, but yeah the the time instead of ABY it was ASW four. In the beginning of the three plus ASW four. Very weird. 
Yeah. For yeah, first time I'd ever seen that 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 connotation in the timeline. But we are set between right after the events of the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the Rebel, in issue one, the Rebel fleet is being pursued by the Empire. Uh, Vader has been commanded by the Emperor to work with Prince Shizor of the Crime Syndicate Black Sun to ensure that the Endor project goes smoothly. We all know what that Endor project is. Uh, Boba, Fett Boba Fett is on his way to Tatooine to drop off <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. Uh, he is on his way to Tatooine to drop off the infamous Han Solo, but as with all of these, sto- these Star Wars stories, that doesn't go as planned because he is being intercepted uh, by starting by a number of of bounty hunters, starting with IG eighty eight. Uh, so at, by by the time that the this first book ends, he is being pursued. By IG-88, and then that leads us right into issue number two. And Jacob, why don't you pick it up from there? Yeah, and as you know, all these guys playing the Star- the Shadows of the Empire video game, IG-88, <laughs> no big deal. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> moving on. Uh, issue issue uh. number two, Vader sends his agent Jix to Tatooine to work under Jabba the Hutt and make sure Luke is captured alive. Uh, and uh, Vader will be too busy working with Shizor under the command of the Emperor, and uh, Jix manages to infiltrate Big Giz's swoop gang. And it begins. (laughs) Big Giz. All right, anyways. uh, The Rebels and Dash Rindar converge on Gaul to look for Boba Fett, and Rogue Squadron fights with the Empire overhead as the Outrider and the Falcon race down to the, the surface of the planet. And yet again, we end an issue with Boba Fett being confronted by more bounty hunters, but he manages to escape. Yeah, they kind of put those bounty hunter scenes just like right at the beginning. Yeah. You gotta or keep that excitement end. high, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do a great job at integrating right, right. them. Tune in next yeah. week. Yeah, so and then issue three, Jix, who's a comics exclusive character, by the way. He's only in this in the comic adaptation. Jix learns Jabba is now asking for Luke dead against the wishes of Vader. So they go to find him at Ben's hut, where Luke has just completed his new saber, and he ignites the green for the first time. They fight through Beggar's Canyon, where Luke is joined by, saved, honestly, by Dash Rendar. And uh, the Rebels then, of course, learn of an Imperial computer on Bothawai and head over there. However, it was leaked by the Emperor, and we learn that Shizor is playing both sides. (laughs) Kind of like the Spider-Man meme. Finally, it seems like the bounty hunters have finally caught up with Boba Fett, and that's where we go to issue four. That's me, right? <laughs> Freddie, why, well, why don't you go ahead and give us All right, so yeah, issue summary. number four. First of all, that cover art for issue number four is beautiful. We've got Boosh and uh, uh, what was what was his name? Uh, S- Snooky. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the, the, the Wookiee oh, bounty hunter? Suva. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so at the beginning of the issue, we've got Bosk. Of course, you know, like like Jared said, we've got the bounty hunters right at the beginning. And uh, Bosk and Zuckus are, and some other expendable bounty hunters are heading after uh, Boba Fett's quarry, which we all know is is the uh, Han and Carbonite, right? And, and and everyone wants a piece of this action because it's it's a lot of money. Let's just split it, guys. Come on, Boba Fett. No, nah, he wants it all. So, uh, you know, we're 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 going. Uh, we're trying to get Boba Fett. They're trying to get Boba Fett in. Uh, I guess take him out of the action. He ends up not doing it right. They send over the shuttle, uh, and I want to say Zuckus is in that shuttle. They send him back, but no, Zuckus mm-hmm. is no Zuckus, That's right. stays, Zuckus behind. stays behind. Zuckus is a bait for later. That's right. He's the bait. So uh, they send over that bomb, and then bang, 
we've got uh, some damage on the houndstooth. So that's that storyline. But there's, there's it's crazy. First of all, the, the amount of storylines in these comics is nuts. So we've got another storyline with Luke, right? We just have the aftermath of the attack on the Imperial frigate that was transporting the Imperial secret. Uh, and of course, the pilots were inexperienced, and that's where we get our first six Bothans that have died uh, for the sake of the secret. Six out of many. Many Bothans died. Bring <laughs> us this information. All, all, all six of this them. This is six of many. This is the, just the beginning because they're, this is the, they're in the ship, right? So uh, I'm assuming at this point, Luke is just reflecting back and he's on base and it's like a hidden slicing Bothan facility and it gets attacked by a bunch of bounty hunters. And everyone's confused, not sure what's going on, but it turns out they're only there for Luke and they end up killing Koth, who is one of the, one of the, characters in the movie in the uh the book that you see more of and they end up capturing luke and he eventually uses the jedi mind trick to escape but he does find out that there's two bounties for him one uh for him alive and then one for him dead uh of course the third storyline we've got chewbacca a lot of actions going on in this in this comic or in this issue we've got chewbacca leia their storyline where they dress up as bush and snuva and of course guru is trying to Guri is trying to sneak them in to Imperial Center uh, to go meet Shizor. And this is the moment where you see the initial reaction of, of Leia. And her face just changes. You can see the pheromones just leaking throughout the, the <laughs> panel. It's, uh, it's, don't, don't use the <laughs> word leaking, please. No. What if it was like a scratch and Freddy. We've got another one. Uh, oh, yes. the, the panel is just moist. Welcome with, to Utini After Dark. Shizor's pheromones. Moist. Damn it, Freddy. No. <laughs> Please, no. Boot you from <laughs> All right, guys. That's the end of that that, that issue. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Well done, Freddy. It gets worse. I, I, I made Emma yeah, read the Yeah, I saw that. Wall. I don't appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, somehow it was deserved. So, uh, anyways. Uh, issue number five uh, begins with Lando... Uh, busting Luke out of the prison from those bounty hunters uh, and they go to rendezvous with Leia. Luke is like all bent out of shape about land, uh, sorry, Le- Leia and Chewie going into the heart of Black Sun. He thinks it's like way too dangerous and he's bent out of shape about that. And then we go back and if I could read this while rolling my eyes, I would, but I can't. Uh <laughs> Shizor and Leia, and I quote from whoever wrote the show notes, start to get frisky <laughs> before Chewie comes in and, I can't say that on the show, interrupts them. <laughs> I, I appreciate your editing there, Emma. And, hey, I, he I did. did the editing did. to begin with. It was a joke for her. So disgusting. Okay. Uh, turns out... Shizor's mad about it. Shizor's no, not happy. No, about and it. you know what? Good for Chewie. <laughs> have a Chewie in your life. Yes. Chewie's a He's such a great wingman. There. you got to have somebody like him around. Um, so it turns out Shizor has irresistible pheromones that lets him seduce people. Uh, so that's great. When she returns, she gets her revenge and is locked <laughs> away in her room because now she knows so she's like okay i'm not gonna let you get the better of me so all of a sudden the pheromones don't work which thank goodness because things have gotten worse uh and 
now Shizor's mad because he's not getting his way and he's not used to that and that's also disgusting so that <laughs> is uh, issue five yeah. next is issue six all right here we go let's land this plane here uh we kind of jump cut into the the smash cut into the best part of any video game adaptation, the sewer level. <laughs> yeah, so they both have we have our main characters of Luke, Dash, Rindar, Lando, and a couple others breaking into the uh she's Wars Palace's sewers. They come up and they manage to find Leia as she was escaping and Chewie. Uh then Shizor faces down with them, but Lando pulls the old uh, dead man switch on a thermal detonator, proving that he's better than Han in every way possible, because that one actually time it worked. And then they, then Lando bombs the uh, central core, setting off a chain reaction, destroying his fancy uh, castle compound. Shizor himself retreats to his skyhook, his fancy um, uh, space battleship, where Vader blasts out of the sky for attempting to even lay a finger on his son. Then Boba manages to resolve his uh, side plot, main plot, by uh, tricking the rest of the bounty hunters and delivering Solo to Jabba, collecting his reward and stunting on everyone else and lastly Darth Vader arrives at at uh, the um, Death Star 2 reminding you that he's still in the series and that the galaxy will still be his and his sons <laughs> wonder how that turns out anyways come back next week yes so that's that, that's the quick rundown so now I'm gonna go ahead and, I, and I'm gonna Go around the room. I'm I'm actually gonna go last, but I'm I'm gonna go around the room and give it and ha- let everybody give their initial reaction for this book. We'll talk about the uh, evolutions a little bit at the end, but but I, I really want to want to take some time, a lot of the time to focus on 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 the the main shadows of the Empire book. So I'm gonna start with Freddy, and, and ask after that just amazing rendition uh, <laughs> of issue four. I'm going to ask what what you would grade what you would grade this uh, this entire yeah, it's, arc. It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting to to first read the book, then play the video game, and then read the comic. Right? It's it's really Absolutely. intense to to see the visuals, but in a different point of view, and it definitely skips over a lot of detail. But but honestly, for a comic, I mean, what do you expect? I mean, it's beautiful. The art is great. I love the art. Uh, the the storyline is is creepy. I mean, it's it's. You know, it's '90s creepy, but it's in my eyes. There's a lot of nostalgia, uh, but I, I give it a, a solid seven, seven point two in my eyes. Okay, okay, that's respectable. Uh, Jacob, uh, what about you? What, 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 what's your rating? So, see, here's the thing. Freddie did all these things. I did not do all these things. I have read the comics. I have listened to the soundtrack. So, I there's a lot of story I missed. And I understand there are things you have to cut down, but, like, I've read movie adaptations in comics. It's not that bad. Um, like, there are mid-issue scenarios where they will, like, clearly jump in time a lot and explain nothing. Right. So, it, couple that with some other things. I, I, I understand that it is an important piece of Legends, but I'm sorry. I'm going to give it, like, a six. I, I I can understand you your point of view because I, I I was going to comment about that about that as well, um, Caleb. Let but let, before I before I, I I say that, let's go ahead and get your review. I'm I'm going to have to go with uh, you know with J- with uh, Jacob here. Like it's it was um it's pretty bad. Like I think like the plot jumps around way too much. If it had just been the Boba Fett 
series like for an issue and then like the Darth Vader for an issue that would have been better but he jumped around too quickly and too much for mm-hmm. like the narrative mm-hmm. stakes to make much sense so I'm going to have to give it a six I that's being generous in my opinion I might drop it down at the end they tried to replicate I think how how the book was was doing it and that's sure. exactly how I read it in the comic and it it might not have translated well yeah did not yeah, yeah. and even the yeah. book jumped around too Emma much. what about yeah. you we'll come to you next yeah, so I had an interesting experience um, with this entire crossover, really. I, I read the comics first, and then I watched uh, a playthrough of the video game, and then I read the novel. And I really understand you guys saying like how much it jumped around, because once I read the novel, I was like, oh, all of this makes so much more sense now. Like, like sometimes you're like, why is this character here? <laughs> what is mm-hmm. What is he doing here? why are we all of a sudden over here and not back there and things like that. So it did jump around a lot. I feel like it was really trying hard to adapt the novel, but ran out of time to do as good of a job as it could have. And obviously, which we'll talk about later, a lot of problematic things with its treatment of women. Um, So I'm going to give it a 5.8. Okay. All right. Uh, Jared, we'll come to you. Here's the thing. All right, you guys are all critiquing the way it jumps around. What you got to know is that this functions within the great history of Legends comic adaptations mm-hmm. of Legends books. So they they did one of these for the original Thrawn trilogy. There's a comic adaptation of Han Solo at Star's End. In more recent canon history, there's an adaptation mm-hmm. of Thrawn, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the original Thrawn trilogy, or with the new Thrawn Ascendancy <laughs> series, the one in the middle. Shoot the one in the middle. It's the it's yeah. the one just called Thrawn, right? So they yeah. did an adaptation. They're making one now of Weapon of a Jedi by Jason Fry. So this is a part of that history as a comic. You know, you're right. It does jump around too much. I'll give a 6.9. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and agree with a lot a lot of what everybody's already said. If So like I said, I was around when these when these things came out. So I read the novel when I was when I was a teenager. I played the video game. And if I didn't, I don't know if I could have enjoyed this because I don't know who these characters are. like. Other than Shizor, and like we'll, we'll 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 talk a little bit more at length about that. I it was hard to keep up with. However, for the art alone, I would recommend at least picking this up because the art is really really great. And 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 so I am. I have to separate my for, for, from an art perspective. Uh, I'm, I'm making up making up my own rules here. From an art perspective, I would give this like an eight and a half, and from a story and everything but the art, I would probably be in like a six point five category as well because it's it's hard. I mean, I, I haven't gotten I haven't read many Legends comics, um, and Jared, if they're all like this, hoy. No. Okay. They're not. Okay, this is good, one of the weaker good. ones. This is one of the weaker ones yeah. that I've read, at least. It, I think I would give the crossover a, yeah, we're gonna a get, whole, we'll, a much higher We'll get rating, into that in a, as a comic. Yeah. This is we'll a weaker link. Uh, it is so, a weaker link. All right. So let, let's go ahead and get into the characters a little bit. And, and Jacob, I'm going to let you go start us off with uh, a, a, a character who is, is, for all the mediums that we're talking about, uh, pretty much sidelined in 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 this medium in in, in Dash Rendar. Yeah, so I was I'm I'm kind of curious. So you know, Dash Rendar, 
the our smuggler, our Han Solo fill-in, if you will, our hero of the video game. As someone who's just read the comics, you really don't get a whole lot of Dash Rendar. He has like less than one scene per. And he comic literally book. pops up out of nowhere. And and. Yeah. It, another thing is, it seems like he also changes his art style every time he appears. Like he looks different every time. <laughs> That's true. His his hair definitely changes. I feel like quite a few times, but yeah. So I didn't get as much of Dash Rendar. You know, you can definitely flesh out a character with less time, but I I feel like he was more a narrative device in this comic book than he was a character. Like he'd show up to do a thing. Like he's like he shows up to save Luke and. He shows up to get Lando to the planet, and he shows up to help them inside the castle, but he, like, he has more, I mean, he's doing more actions, yeah, to, f- to fulfill the plot than he does, you know, actually have character moments. So I'm curious, to those who have read the novels and yeah. played the video game, how does he compare? Because, yeah, I didn't really, he's, you know, I didn't have much to really make an opinion off of Yeah, that's, him that's a good one, Jacob. That, that, so think of it this way. There's a lot of other storylines happening in the book, probably about two to three times the amount that are that's happening here in the in the comic book so you have you're reading about other timelines of him uh you know storylines of him interacting with leia you know at, at a certain point and they're they're having a whole event going on where they're at in a casino even right and there's a whole that whole section i don't think is even in the comic book but they're they're talking there they're stuck there they're trying to wait for a representative for black sun and then dash you know leia says go take care of luke but in the comic book, it almost seems like he just kind of happens to be there. Yeah, right? he literally, <laughs> yeah. He literally pops he up. Shows up. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's filling in the gaps, right? That's kind of what the book and the comic are doing. It's just, you know, it, you definitely need to, I think, consume the content from the experience of Shadows of the Empire to really understand all of the bits and pieces and why it all kind of floats in and, and makes and sense. When he shows up, it's just kind of like, oh, hey. Hey Dash, like like there's no like, who are you? <laughs> like like he's established <laughs> himself, and 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 it just it was jarring in the comic, but I don't remember like he is the, the like like uh, I think it was Jared had said he is the, the the hero of the video game, and like and that's what I remember. I remember him in the video game, and I and I remember a much more fleshed out character in, from from the novel, and and I enjoyed his character in 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 the the, the novelization. Um, Emma, what are you, what are your thoughts on on, on Dash? And, and, yeah. and maybe you know I, I, you could kind of almost assume that he's kind of a of a, of a Han Solo fill in. So does he does he succeed in that way, or is he just is, you know what what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I feel like he felt more like Han Solo in the novel, but in this comic, I have no idea what role he was even trying to fill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was just in and out so quickly. I mean, I suppose he could kind of look at that in like a Han Solo way. You know, he always kind of came back when you needed him. But in the novel, I would say you got a lot more emotion out of him and a lot more of uh, uh, the backstory of why he was, he was where he was, where you know, uh, for example, and I'm thinking of one specific moment in the comics is that when we're on Tatooine and we see Dash, uh, all of a sudden he's just like hanging out at the cantina. We're like, why is he there? But in the novel, uh, you see that Leia paid him to make sure Luke doesn't die, basically, because he's being hunted by the Black Sun and all of that. So it's things like that that the novel really enhanced because you get more of that backstory and 
he's not doing it just to be a good guy. You know, he's doing it for the credits, which is Han Solo-esque in a way, early Han Solo. Um, so I think, I don't think that he could ever make up for Han's absence in this story, but he certainly fills a tiny bit of that void. But, 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 so but, we he... already have a Han Solo fill-in. His name's Lando Calrissian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we already have that character. Lando's his own dude, like, I, I think... in, in, in my so, eyes, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I know, but, like, in the thing, so, like, honestly, I think this is a super cynical take. The reason Dash Rindar's in this comic is so that he can sell N64 cartridges. And <laughs> action figures. And action figures. You're not totally wrong. Yeah, action You're figures, not... yeah. I actually listened to an interview with the game designer, I forget his name, but he's great. Um, I can plug a link in the Cosmic Force uh, Discord channel, and, and he actually talks about like how this whole story crossover event was designed by committee, which he says is not the best way to make a video game. Mm. Because he did have direct intervention from mm-hmm. Mr. Miyamoto himself at Nintendo, who said, like, we need to have a character who is original to the this N64 game that is a proprietary Nintendo character. They wanted to make Boba Fett the star of the book, or of the game. Their playable character be Boba Fett. And so, you know, you're not wrong. He is shoehorned into this story. I think it was John Knowles. It's so interesting. Nintendo. Yeah, John Knowles. Jacob, what did you what did you oh, think so, of, yeah. of, of Dash's ending? Because I think you were the one who's like... I... Yeah, I was I was talking about this in the, in the pre-show that I didn't notice that he died until my second read through because like they're flying away like the skyhawk blew or skyhook blew up and i think it's like lando's in the cockpit i think it's luke and someone's in the cockpit is the luke yeah luke and chewie and they're like oh boy he died uh, dash they're like they're no they're like dash look out and you see them like covering their eyes and there's a bright bright light and then but you don't see you don't see an explosion okay like it's it's a cockpit it's like an external cockpit so so to be fair the, okay, the, to be fair, they need that. You can't see the explosion because he, you know, spoilers, he fakes his death. He, like, jumps to hyperspace before he hits this piece of debris to make sure, you know, to get out of the situation. Which, I get. I don't know, I guess as a, as a bounty, or not bounty hunter, a smuggler or whatever, it's kind of, I don't know if you want to be doing that because it's going to be hard for them to pay you if they think you're point. dead. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's like, so, like, the way, with a comic book, it's, you see, like, I mean, you see the Outrider going this direction, and there's just kind of a lot of stuff, so you don't really see this debris that he's shooting for really pop out very much. So, yeah, like, my second read-through, I'm like, wait, is he dead? And I, like, went on Wikipedia, like, he's, I mean, kind of dead, but not really. So, it, it Yeah, he's sipping daiquiris did. with Catwoman yeah. in, uh, in Italy. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely missed that my first read-through. Um, but, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I feel, yeah, I guess... Going back to the whole Han Solo comparison, I feel like I guess he's Han Solo, but without that like heart of gold. I mean, he's got a little bit, but definitely not to the extent that Han does. Because Han, like, I mean, he he's he's in it for the credits, he's in it because of the job, but he, uh, that's not the reason he stays. Whereas Dash, I'm not entirely sure. It's like, don't get me wrong. The funny it's thing, like, I want to love Dash. Like Dash seems like kid growing up in the 90s dash seems so cool i just don't know who he is at this point having just read the comic book so you know i'm definitely gonna get to the game and maybe someday i'll get to the novel but the funny thing about the difference between the heart of gold mm-hmm. right between uh, dash and han 
is in the book it's especially more explicit when they go to the planet Gaul. To, like, they finally found Boba Fett. They're going to get Han yeah. back, except for only 100 pages in the book, and so you know they're going <laughs> to fail. Because he's got to be in Jabba's palace, right. Return of the Jedi, right? And uh, so Dash leads them through this you know, perilous <laughs> adventure, and Dash and Lando are like trying to one-up each other on who's the better pilot. And it's so ridiculous. And then... <laughs> Dash straight up eats yeah. out of there. <laughs> that that was in the like, comic book, yeah. He's like, Bye. he's like, yeah. but it's so much more explicit in the com- in the in the book where he he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys didn't pay me enough to actually <laughs> fight Boba Fett. I'm leaving. And whereas Han, of course, in New Hope, he comes back to save the day in right. the end. But that is not the case. All right, he's let's let's switch gears here and talk about the other original character in 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 this crossover medium, and and that's. Prince Caesar, which, for the record, was Caesar. I, I was as a kid, Kizor. it was Caesar to me, but <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I'm apparently I'm wrong. So it's Caesar. Uh, so Emma, um, let's just go off the cuff and just say your your blanket interpretation and and and, and thoughts on this character. Yeah. So let's let's save the problematic stuff for for a little bit let's just start off with the character uh, yeah. okay uh, sure. as a whole so uh, you know obviously she's he was the leader of the black sun and was incredibly wealthy i found the descriptions uh i think this was in the novel now i'm getting all mixed up because i i read both in the same week so but i think this was in the novel the descriptions yeah <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, the descriptions of his wealth like like that he had so much money he had no idea how to spend it all and things like that you know that that uh nothing was too luxurious for him and things like that all of this wealth came from uh black sun and all of his dealing like shady stuff and dealings and things like that um and that to me shows that the criminal underworld is um just i don't know how else to say it like just so overpowered like there's they can basically operate outside the law if they're careful of course and it's a wealthy business. Uh, and additionally, we see in both the comic and the novel that the Empire hires Black Sun. So they're even hiring a shady organization um, and, and lining their coffers as well. So I'm, I'm going to toss this question out to Freddie first. What did you think about the, um, the portrayal of the criminal underworld and sort of the the relationship between the empire and black sun yeah so that's that's a cool thing because in, in the underworld you know your life your life is is expendable right mm-hmm. and that's the biggest thing about the underworld is they don't they don't really care and if you mess up you know if they kill you that's kind of part of the part of the, the job right is you just can't expect to to live too long and that's i guess where you see the high reward and for shizor he lives in complete secrecy he's he i mean not secrecy but he doesn't really you know facetime with anybody uh he's got like a, a an armored uh what is it? it this is all part of the book i'm getting confused here now too <laughs> stay on target but, but basically what, what's going on is is there's a lot of money right there's a lot of mm-hmm. money in the underground there's a lot of money in spice there's a lot of money to be made and how do you do that in in our current world right the way you do it is to wash it clean and in order to do that you have to start a legitimate business and bitcoin yeah bitcoin <laughs> uh so by Shizor having legitimate 
transportation businesses, right? And and, and this, he, you know, he, he could probably do half the rate of what others are, are paying because he has most likely slaves working for him, right? Just really underground shady things. So he makes himself a useful criminal, basically. And it's it's really interesting. <laughs> Could you call him a smooth criminal, Freddie? <laughs> well, I, I will say on the jumping onto my preacher soapbox here, you know, one of the things about power is that you've you've all heard the the expression "power corrupts," but absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys heard this one, uh, and that's especially true for Shizor because he he becomes a monster. He is one of the most appallingly evil characters in all of Star Wars, and. I have read him in a number of other Legends books. He's in, like, Scoundrels, for example, and um, he's in the Coruscant Knights trilogy. But, oh, man, I, I was just shaking with anger reading Shizor. He's so dislikable. Uh, plus, he just likes to take a lot of baths. <laughs> he just takes so many baths. Now, Jared, in the novel, isn't he... I mean, I mean, and 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 Emma, I know you just read you just read it, so so you can weigh in this as well. Isn't he put, played off as more cunning and more uh, of a smarter character? As like because that's the that's what I feel like they're trying to portray in the comic is that he's trying to outthink and be three steps right. ahead of the Emperor and 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 Darth Vader, and we all know what happens when people think they're in front of, they're 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 in front of the Emperor, and you know realize don't realize he's ten steps in front of them. But I feel like that angle was played up a lot better in the novel. But that could also be the fact that I read it twenty years ago, and I just have no recollection of what the novel actually how the novel actually portrays him. Yeah, he's sly, he's cunning, he's ruthless, he's scheming. He is. I mean, they're they're not exactly hiding this very well. It's kind of on the nose. He's reptilian. It's a comparison to Satan in Genesis. Right? He's supposed to be a snake. Um, the the whole point is, yeah, he is a schemer. Mm-hmm. He tells half truths to both Vader and the Emperor in order to manipulate them against each other, just like the serpent does with Adam and Eve. Um, of course, Shizor in his development was going to be more of like a a roguish Han Solo type who would seduce Leia not with pheromones but with his charm. And then this was something along the way in the development that uh, Lucasfilm said, you know, let's make him more crafty, more cunning, um, less likable. And let's go into the Godfather route, make him like the Godfather. And um, I'm glad. I, I don't think I would have. Uh, I'm glad we got the Shizor we got. No, that's not what I'm saying. But, but uh, it is an interesting take on a villain to have this crafty, scheming, conniving kind of. A, yeah, a I agree Lord. with you. you. I think, mean, Emma? I think. You know, if Prince Shizor was even like a moat bit more more likable, I don't think it would have gotten the point across in in any of of these uh, these stories. And you know, I think, of course, you know that the thing that I think sticks out it sticks in our brains the most after reading this is all of the problematic things with Shizor. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think we should just mention that really quick just kind of discuss it a little bit well yeah let's yeah let's go ahead and and, and talk about that he's there's there's a very uncomfortable scene between him and leia uh where he's basically trying to seduce her um and and it's it's uh, i mean the the, i'm going to read the question as it is in 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 the show notes because I, i i think it it pretty much captures 
the 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 essence of that entire scene and and, and Emma I'll, I'll I'll ask you first is this the single most problematic Star Wars scene I won't say book because but but from a comics perspective this entire that entire arc scene is that one of the most problematic scenes in 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 comics in in comics history Star Wars comics history I would say so for you know, I obviously haven't read every single Star Wars comic, and and I've I've definitely read some things that have been problematic in the past. You know, there was something with bounty hunters a while ago, but this is one hundred percent just like overboard with the uncomfortability with the. You know, I, I think it's hard the emotions that that I went through reading this in the comics, and then having to like re-experience that in the novel. It felt extremely like predatory and Mm -hmm. just just very uh gross and disgusting like you know i I don't know how in star wars uh storytelling they would approve somebody with pheromones that makes people want to fall in love with them and therefore mistreat people and obviously I think it's unfortunate that Leia is an easy target for this type of, of um, I would say, misuse of her character in Star Wars. She has been misused before because of her looks and that she's a woman. And I think 100% this is just, you know, it it, it blew me so away how, at how problematic it was. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm having a hard yeah, time like with just saying you know the words that that match my feelings but but overall mm. just so that how do you yeah. how would you how do you feel the redemption and 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 leia being able to overcome how how was that delivery how what, what was it satisfying was it enough was it you know Le, you know leia does not do you know overcomes the the you know advances we'll we'll just leave it at that how how how, how does her no Come on, Tyler. no well, how, do, how does, does no, how does that how, how do you 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 find her ability to to overcome she's or uh you know and and put an end to that that little arc yeah i, I had to honestly th- like reflect on this a little bit after i read the comic and the novel because at first you know i was just so disgusted that they even had put her in the situation but then you know right. reflecting back on it thinking about this really shows how intelligent she is to be able to figure out like man like i wasn't drugged um this guy has some pheromones and i'm gonna like do my damnedest to resist it so first of all i think it shows her intelligence to do that also i really like how they showed her her guilt even though it wasn't her fault she was she was like i still love han and, and you know, I want to be with Han. I don't know why I want to do this. And that felt also like extra gross because she didn't have control over her feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I, I like that. I like that it didn't go any further than it did. I hate that they put her in the situation to begin with. But I'm I'm just really thankful that it didn't go any farther. One hundred percent. Still yeah. too far for it, Star Wars. It did. Yeah. I, I draw the, the it's I think it's interesting kind of comparing it to like Game of Thrones like I've read the books of Game of Thrones and you have the similar argument of how far can you go to show a bad person in the in a work of fiction is bad before it's too much 
I would say they did it here. I like I, I, I agree with Jared that I think it would be way better if, you know, he was just trying to seduce her. I don't think if you don't take away Leia's power, I mean, it's just at that point, it's just a dude being creepy. If you just like cut the scenes like, you know, you had the first scene in the comic where he's with her and then the scene after she comes back from Chewbacca. If he like just like puts the moves on her, it doesn't work. And then you just cut to her the part where she needs him in the crotch. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Like. At that point, he's just right. a scummy dude, and he gets what he deserves, and we move on. But but the fact that you, like, take away her agency, and, like, Tyler, you asked Emma how you felt about her winning in the end, and I, I'm happy she won in the end. I agree with that. I am not as satisfied because I interpret it as Chewbacca took... It, Chewbacca kind of yeah. gets the win a little mm-hmm. bit. Like it's, it, I feel like it should be Leia winning. I feel like it's, yeah, Leia, you know, we need canon yes. Leia that punches people in the face... Uh, but in this one, it's like it's like Chewbacca's having to shake her out of it, and then she goes in. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. So yeah, I I think there are ways you could have done this more tactfully, more. And I'm glad that this kind of thing, you know, likely would not be printed nowadays. Yeah, uh, I, I can yeah. hope. But like, but yeah, sh- it's okay to it's okay to have bad guys. It's okay to have bad guys that do bad things. But uh, let's let's be reasonable. Let's have sure, limits. Yeah. You have to so, print, go back to the yeah, 90s she's too, or. Right? Yeah, Prince Chisor is the yeah. living embodiment of those Axe Body Sprays commercials. Yes. <laughs> like, in all the most terrible misogynist ways possible. Yeah, that was... I mean, he's much, he yeah. is is definitely... Shizor will definitely go down as, as a very uh, infamous character. Uh, um, the book... Displays him, but not for the ways he would have wanted. No, not for the ways he, not for the ways he would have wanted. But then that's because, uh, you know, spoiler alert, he does um, get taken out and taken off the board by uh, everybody's favorite villain, everybody's everybody's most, uh, you know, Darth Vader here, Uh, Caleb. How are you know? Let's talk about him for a little bit, and and let's talk about. I don't want to call the a rivalry because it really. I mean, does it even deserve that word? The the, the little exactly squabble. Like, yeah, the squabble. Like what you mentioned earlier is like you know how does how do you feel like she's her trying to be like two steps ahead of everyone, but really realizing he's behind. Like he was two steps ahead of Vader, but what you don't realize is when you're running, you know, in a race against Vader, the moment you get ahead, that's when he will chop your knees out. Like, that's not, Vader doesn't fight fair, so at the end when he, you know, just like, oh, I'm just going to uh, wait for you to be at your lowest point and then show up with my Death Star or my my Star Destroyers and completely annihilate your forces, that's pretty much exactly what was always going to be happening. You know, it's, you're right, it's less of a rivalry between Vader and Shizor, it's more of a um, trying to play the underground against each other. Like, the moment Vader enters the field fully after being jerked around by the Emperor and finally be able to stand down and like, okay, I'm going to do things my way by myself, it's all over. We all know how that's going to end. Jared, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question here. You know, we've seen Palpatine, especially in, in the canon material, really pull the strings when it comes to Vader and really, really put him in some awful, abusive sort of sort of situations. Do you think that was the situation here? Do you think Palpatine was using Shizor to annoy Vader? Or do you think that there was a legit side little agreement here that, that Vader actually spoiled? I spent a lot of time thinking about this exact question. 
and I'm not sure I know. You know, like in Lords of the Sith, Palpatine is very heavy-handed and revealing. It was all a part of my plan, right? But in in this, he never reveals. I positioned Shizor in order to make you mad. It kind of reminds me of uh, the episodes of The Office where Michael is leveraging Andy yeah, yeah. against Dwight. You guys know what I'm talking about? When uh, when Andy first joins, before he punches the wall with the whole Rock and Robin thing, he, uh, he Michael just thinks, oh, he's a try hard, uh, kind of a likable guy, and Dwight had just done something to anger him, and so like Michael knew that he was using Andy in order to make Dwight mad, but kept doing it anyway. There were certain points in the story where it was pretty obvious that Palpatine knew that he was mm-hmm. upsetting vader and he wanted to see if how vader could respond to to uh somebody who held a lot of power but wasn't a dark side user um certainly vader has checked out quite a bit at this point in the story don't you guys think Uh, i described it as like graduation (laughs) goggles like uh he's got senioritis vader is already thinking about ruling the galaxy with luke skywalker and i think um palpatine is like the the jealous girlfriend trying to get uh <laughs> trying to see if trying to see if vader is still paying attention to him right uh, so what do you guys think freddie do, do you have an opinion on this <sighs> this is yeah you know what skip me because i i've been thinking about this one a lot and i'm not sure i actually have the question the answer for it yeah there we, we go you can there talk about it tomorrow night on legends look back exactly. next at 9 30 tomorrow on utini <laughs> One of the things I know you do have an opinion about, Freddie, is the <laughs> fan cast on um, on Dash Rendar and Prince Chizor. So I want to go around the horn here, and I want to ask, uh, there's six of us, so I want to hear, let's start with Dash Rendar. If you were to fan cast both Darth, Dash Rendar and Prince Chizor, who would you put for which one? Uh, for me, my Dash Rendar is mm. Chris Pratt. So it's like he's he's kind of lovable and buffoonish. He's he's Star Lord, right? And so he's not on Solo, but he wants to be, right? He kind of wants to be. See, Tyler, what do you think? I, Who's I, your I Dash, Dash Rendar? Again, because we're focusing on the comic, I can't cast Dash Rendar because he's not in it enough. <laughs> I mean, he's he's like <laughs> that's ba- true. Our, that's our, true. Uh, you know, smuggler number three. Uh, I mean, in 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 this book, because he just he pops in and out. So I, I don't necessarily know if I can if if I can cast uh, fan cast Dash Dash Rendar. Uh, that's fair. She's or oh man, come back to me on that. Come back to me on that because that that's okay. Yeah, uh, uh, Emma. Dash Rendar. I don't know why, and this might just be because Loki started today, but I'm thinking like a Tom Hiddleston might be good. He's got the hair. Maybe not the bulk for it, but but I think he might. Yeah, he, he could do it justice, I think. He could bulk up. Prince Shizor, I'm just trying to think of like the creepiest dude in Hollywood, and James Spader comes so, to mind. <laughs> I, I just I just put a Google in for evil actors in Hollywood, <laughs> And I ran through, and, and I scanned through the list, and <laughs> one name popped out at me. Uh, Kevin Spacey oh, feels yeah, yeah. very, yeah. very yeah. appropriate here, not in a good way. Uh, so, <laughs> it's a little on the nose. So that's, that's a little too yeah. on the that's nose. Yeah. What, um, that, that's, yeah, that's who I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and insert there. John Knowles says he pictured oh, Dash Rendar more like Kevin Costner. 
Yeah, some of the early concept art tracks was. I, I, I like that. I like that. We're going to go ahead. Let, let's go ahead and end this segment on that because that is a perfect casting right there. <laughs> um, and, and because this is a comic, I do want to spend uh, uh, just a few minutes on on the art, um, because, especially because I really love the art. I think all the space bottles look really, really cool. I think some of the splash pages that feature our, our heroes look uh, look amazing as well. When you get into the background, when you get into some of the secondary images in each of the panels, it gets a little muddy. Uh, but uh, there like was I a I noticed a tendency for like in, in, when there's crashes into background or less important characters, they're all in this weird purple hue. Like mm-hmm. you can yes. tell, oh, yeah. those guys aren't important because yes. they're de-resing out of existence, and you know we're not putting as much RAM to them. <laughs> I mean, but but as Jared said at the top of the show, like this is this is classic '90s comics. Like like the the, the explosions and the ships. Yeah. I, I mean, the subtleness in which the shoulder pads. Yeah, the the subtleness and <laughs> how they use the color, especially when it comes to Boba Fett or when it comes to the Falcon. Um, it really like it pops for if if yeah, I can say that about a '90s about a '90s comic. But uh, I really enjoyed. If, if I, I would recommend. This is how I would recommend if you haven't haven't picked up this 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 trade paperback of these comic books, just look at the just look look at it. Don't don't worry about reading it. Just just go through and and enjoy <laughs> yeah. the art because uh, the art is really really nice. Uh, Jacob, what are your thoughts on, on on the art? Yeah, I think it's it's enjoyable and it's. Uh, I think I talked about it a little bit. Um, when I read, oh, it's when I was talking about uh, Mall Son of Dathomir. That Ledger's comic mm-hmm. books just have a different look to them. I mean, this that that one's that was more you know the Dark Horse era look to it, and this is the, every you know comic books are in a way independent of their author authors or uh, artists are like a time capsule. You get you get to see that style of the era. So I I enjoy seeing this '90s throwback just. You know, it's very different than Dark Empire. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a, that's its own thing. That, that art style is very special, and uh, but that's very stylized. So it was cool to see this this '90s era of comic books uh, and this '90s art. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like you said, it's it's one of the highlights of the comic book adaptation for me. So before we get on to evolution, I want to ask Emma, as somebody who has consumed all of it uh, recently. Um, does the comic feel like the video game? Does the video game feel like the novel? Does the novel feel like a more spread out comic book? Like, a, like, like if there's one piece of can- if, if if you're saying throw everything out, but keep one piece as as the official canonized version of this this story, what 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 piece of uh, of of medium would, would would you choose? Yeah, far and away the novel. Uh, it had just the most. Uh, uh, explanation of things. I think the best character development, um, the best pacing of the story. I feel like in the comics, you didn't really get the whole like breadth of what the story had to offer. And the video game kind of felt like its own separate thing in a way, but I, that also might be because I just watched it and I didn't play it myself. So I could be totally off base on that, but yeah, far and away I would, I would choose the novel every day of the week. Right. And the, the does anybody disagree with that? And, and and if so, why are you wrong? It might be the video game. 
Yeah, m- maybe. I'm having a ton of fun. I'm stuck on IG88 right now, but I'm having IG88 a ton of fun with the video game. IG88 is awful in that game. I remember that 25 years later. I still remember how much I hated IG88 in that game. So if you want to um, see more of that game, pay attention uh, Friday night on Utini Game Nights. Andrew's going to be playing that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So the other thing that, that we – I still want to spend we're, – we're going a little long here, but you know that's what happens when we have six people and <laughs> offering their, their, their opinions on one show. Uh, there, was an addition, there was additional reading uh, this week, and that was Shadows of the Empire Evolution. Um, kind of a, a sequel, you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb, why don't you give us a little bit of background <laughs> on, on, on this, this uh, miniseries? Absolutely. Shadow of the Empire Evolution. Released uh, February from January of 1998, so what was that, uh, a whole two years later, uh, is set post-Return of the Jedi. So after the big plot has been resolved, is writing, written by Steve Perry, who was the, he was the original author uh, yes, of the he novel. Was. Yes, he was. Right. So not the yeah. adaptation, but the novel's author. Authored. And Ron Randall was the penciler, with inkers by um, Tom... And, Simmons and Rob Randall, color artist uh, Dave Nestle, letterer Steve Dorito, and cover artist, by the way, well, I might say some very harsh things about this comic, but the cover art is amazing. Love all the covers, and that was by Hugh Fleming. Absolutely. Jared, what, in, in, I'm going to time you here. You you need to give us an entire summary of this uh, of this arc in 45 seconds. Oh, dang it. Yeah. I forgot I had this question. No pressure. <laughs> It follows Guri, right? Guri, who yes, is, it does. It's like yes, Gary, it but with a U. Yeah, um, she is the cyborg who is uh, also in Shadows of the Empire, but plays as big a role as we've we've talked about. She is, um, you know, Shizor's right hand woman droid. She mm-hmm. is a, a a a droid with human skin and other human parts. We won't talk about that, but I mean, it's implied that she is. Shizor's slave in some horrible ways because we're talking not just about a droid now, but a droid with skin. And in this, it's like it's like Guri unleashed, Guri unchained. She becomes woke. You know, she <laughs> she breaks free of Shizor's chains. And um, somebody help me out here. You know, what does she do? Yeah, I I can yeah, 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 this I, one. I, I read I this you. a few hours yeah, ago to, I, to brush up on okay. it. So yeah, thank you. Emma. She's um. Her goal in this arc is to she doesn't want to be an assassin anymore. She so yeah. she goes to find like the programmer of these human replica droids and sort of has to go on this huge mission to find the the droid that has the ability to do this operation whose name is Doc and then she the rebellions in it somehow with Luke and Han and Leia and Chewie because Black Sun is being started back up. Um, by Shizor's niece, who has this face mask that makes her look like Shizor. There it is, Shizor's niece. Yeah. Yep. And that's. Yeah. I said niece. Niece. Shizor's niece. Yeah. yeah. Well, she has she has she has two masks. One that makes her look kind of like Shizor, but not Shizor because she's in disguise. Right. And, one and, that and makes they her look they human. are they even change the shape of her face, which is incredible how mm-hmm. that works. Um, and then let's see. At the end of yeah. the comic, um, uh, Guri sort of forgets everything that happened but she still has some fighting powers but she's not an assassin anymore yeah i know she is lucky i wish we all had that ability um (laughs) and then uh and then she walks into a a bar uh and uh has a drink with uh, the one and only dash rendar (laughs) oh not dead not dead not somehow dash rendar no yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So, Caleb, you, you, you seem to have, have some strong feelings about this book. Uh, why don't you share them? <laughs> I do not like this novel. I think it is very bad. And the reason being is I feel like the only reason they created this novel and they put this to comic book or PG is remember. because they really the artist really was a big fan of Guri and liked drawing sexy gynoids like they enjoyed making her very attractive on every single panel she's in i feel like that's the only reason this comic exists it is very 90s in, in some of the not great ways i like i i think this is a better story because it actually is a complete story i agree with that uh, as compared to, to, to the the uh, original, uh, and I think there's one pa- like one part of a panel. If you crop that out, and if you just took like a purple marker and covered up a lot of the times her <laughs> outfit gets torn, it's not as bad. Like <laughs> you can you can kind of gloss like the amount of problematic stuff is much less. You can kind of gloss over some of it, and it is a it's you know it's, it's, it's a fine obvious. Story, it was I written think. and illustrated in. The nineties, yeah, for sure. Mm. I just ask mm-hmm. if yeah. if everybody appreciated it. Who who liked regular the regular Shadows of the Empire more, and who liked uh, Evolution more? I think I preferred as a comic Evolution. I agree with you. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I, Any, think, I think they tried. A- to... Anybody dissenting there? <laughs> no, I th- I think I th- I think I think the original Caleb, was better yeah. than Evolution. Uh, Freddy, I think the original tried a little too hard to follow the book. Right, so yeah. you got lost in some places, and evolution is just its own standalone thing that just kind of makes sense and it works. So, I mean, yeah. you know, Caleb yeah. kind of touched on this a little bit. Like, both were problematic um, in their portrayal of women, for sure. Definitely, evolutions didn't have that like shock factor, or or and it, and it wasn't certainly a, as bad. You could you could tell that, um, you know, the art style was. Uh, um, sort of sexualized, I would say. Um, at the same yes. time, you know, we get kind of a a better storyline with Guri sort of breaking away from her abuser, and I like that because it gave her agency mm. when Leia didn't, and so that's why I feel like this is much less problematic than um, Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, it's like I feel like Evolution is average '90s problematic, yeah. where regular yes. shadows empires uh, yeah i was gonna say it, it definitely felt very 90s and, and i say that in all of the negative yeah. Yeah. we're not trying to right, excuse exactly. it but that's yeah it's just it, it is a it fact is, of life yeah, that comics is. that women in comics in that era were were all portrayed in the same fan in the in same fashion like so I, like as i mentioned like before the show i was showing my wife some of these comics and <laughs> i was showing her a couple of the choice moments from evolution she's like yeah i can see how this is kind of gross but i this is what i expect from comics of that era i'm like right. yeah that's kind of sad yeah I, so i mean there, there's not a whole lot to, to 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 continue to dwell on that that element um i do feel like the story was a little more succinct and a little less complete. And, and, and yeah, I was just want to say had a had a beginning and had an end. Uh, so you know that is definitely something that 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 it has it has going for it in comparison to uh, to shadows because shadows definitely feels like an epilogue. Oh, I, not maybe not necessarily an epilogue to Empire Strikes Back because it definitely is is its own thing, but it definitely feels like a prologue to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. That's more right. like an interlude, well you know. Yes, yes. Whereas 
Evolutions is very much its own mm-hmm. standalone, and and, mm-hmm. and you can feel like you've got a full, you know, story if by by just reading reading that that uh, those five. I think those were that. I think that was the five yes. comic. Uh, that was the five issue yeah. ones. Yeah. Yes. So, all right. Before we get, to, if anybody doesn't have any other final words on on evolutions, I'm going to toss it over to Jacob so he can wow us with his uh, his amazing. Legends Inception level of Easter eggs because we normally have Easter eggs. Oh, please don't hype them up. Too <laughs> we much. normally have Easter eggs time. that feature Legends content, but now we're going back to the original with with with, with, with these books. So, uh, Jacob, what uh, what Easter eggs do you have for us this week? So I'm bringing Jared, my buddy Jared, over here with me because I got like two or three. Because my so my normal process of finding Easter eggs is like see something interesting, look it up on Wikipedia, and write something about it. But like every single thing you would do that for, it'd be like, oh, this first appeared in Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> so it was very difficult. I got like two or three, um, and then Jared helped me out because you know, God bless you. You know way more about this than I do. Uh, so I got a couple. And then we'll toss it over to Jared. So first we got. Uh, Ringa Jixton, or Jix, who is Vader's agent, uh, was a ba- based on a background character, at least his look was, uh, from the Jabba's palace scenes in Return of the Jedi. Uh, and then Big Giz, our, our, our famed swoop bike <laughs> gang leader, was friends... I thought this was cool. He was friends with Nuru uh, Kungurama... Hey, I was Bravo. Crap out of this. Bravo. Was that was shit. great. That was easy yeah. to say. Yeah. The Chiss Jedi from the Clone Wars Secret Mission books, which I like, I just see the cover once in a while. Those, I'm like, yo, that's that book with the Chiss Jedi. I have no idea what it talks about, but it's pretty cool. Oh, I he's think got it ready. Took, <laughs> yeah, there we go. I think Ooh. it took uh, Trev a very long time to track down like one of them for his collection, but yeah, he was friends with him and apparently starred in all those books. So there you go. I actually didn't know and that. That is the end of the two. The, the, yeah, the two I've Easter got three. eggs I found. They're more behind-the-scenes trivia than they are Easter eggs. I'm going to give my first one to Freddy, though. Freddy, the fact of the matter is, Perry invented Terrace Kasi. You know, we got the video game and everything. It was even in Solo recently. Um, hmm. He invented Terrace Kasi because he was a martial artist. Freddy, you're a martial artist. Yeah, you know more about true. this than I do. What is this? Yeah, yeah. so so Perry, uh, he he was... I think he was doing several things with Terrace Kasi. A uh, couple things. So one, Terrace Kasi, the moves themselves that were captured in, in the video game and in Star Wars Galaxies are modeled after it's like Penchak Silat, which is an Indonesian martial art, like one of the ancient martial arts. It's been around for a long time, since wow. like 6th century. Yeah. And then uh, also in Finnish, which Terrace Kasi, it's not exact. It's not spelled grammatically correct, but it stands for steel hands in, in Finnish. So. Wow, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know that. I knew Freddie would have something on that, and I just saw you start <laughs> typing in the show notes, which is so cool. Uh, the other two I've got are this. <laughs> Dash's shoulder pads. They're like the most infamous thing about him. Poor Dash. Yes. F's in the chat for the most interesting about him is his outfit. Um, Dash's shoulder pads were actually a crutch in the design phase for the video game for the fact that his clunky joints look so bad in on the N64. <laughs> so you could see way too much movement. So like, stick some big old shoulder pads on there to hide how ugly that is. And then secondly, the Outrider, maybe the most amazing thing to come out of this entire crossover event is Dash Rendar's ship, the Outrider, 
It was designed by none other than legendary Star Wars concept artist Doug Chang. Wow. So hats off to Doug Chang, and um, it's yeah. so cool. You didn't know that, Emma. Oh, that is amazing. That's so cool. I love Doug Chang's work, so that this is like, oh, yeah. so cool. Oh, look, there it so is. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's like... You don't see this in the comic, and, and you guys are going to have to correct me in... For the, for the video game and the novel. But my toy, the, the toy that I had when I was a kid, that cockpit, if you, go, Jacob, go ahead and throw, throw that back up on, on, on the screen. Oh, that yeah, cockpit yeah. actually rotated? The toy yeah. is designed so, differently. Okay. It does not okay. follow because Doug Chang's art. I'm a little, I'm, I'm yeah, a little disappointed right. because that whole arm of the cockpit rotates kind of like a B-Wing ah. in that it is able to go up and it was able to go down, but apparently that was just to sell more toys and yeah. it worked yeah. on me because <laughs> they I went rogue. I really yeah. got you. The design of that ship is so cool. It kind of reminds I, I me of... I have to um, say... Yeah. Oh, gosh. We had trouble with this name a few episodes ago. Oh, um, I can't remember the name of the ship, but... The um, YT-1300. Yes. Yes, the Volt Cobra. Great memory. Yes. Um. Oh, Sonostaros' uh, uh, ship. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's the other way around, exactly. though. Yeah. Oh, right. Sonostaros' <laughs> yeah. ship well, is is derivative of this. Right, right, right. Yeah, it, I I have to say, seeing this ship show up in Rebels and yes. then seeing uh Mart Martin sh- pop out was probably one of the most disappointing. <laughs> th- I I mean, I watched the show like five years after it came out, but it's like, oh my god, that's Dash Rindar's ship, and it's like. Hello, Mark Martin. I was like, oh, from Arkansas. Uh, okay. Like, from Arkansas. <laughs> like one thing I really liked what? about it is it shows that it like I like how you can see different versions of the YT series. Now yes. you can have mm-hmm. open it up, so there's gonna be thousands of YT series. Like, oh, that's Han Solo ship, but it's just made a different year model. That makes sense. I like how it when in Star Wars they make sin- things make sense in the universe. Was it the? I think it was the Vader Age of Rebellion series where he like is chasing Han Solo and he like flies yeah, yeah. into the rep- the YT repair yards and there's oh, just like yeah. a field of YT yes. cruisers yep. everywhere. <laughs> All right, so Good we times. are going to go rapid fire this time. I'm going to go around the room and we're and, and if you're watching us on YouTube, where I'm I'm literally going to go around around the clock here. I'm going to I'm going to ask everybody what their final score is, and if for some reason you think that there's a different medium that's better than the, than the novel, you can say it. But again, you're going to be wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to start to my left here with Jared. Jared, what's your final score on on the comic version of Shadows of the Empire and and Evolution? We'll we'll, we'll combine the two of them. As, yeah, yeah. As, as, a, as a as a score, I gave the comic uh, six point nine. I'm going to bump it up to a solid seven. <laughs> it's, Solid seven. It's, Emma, it's what's good. your what's your final score? Yeah, I'm gonna stick with my five point eight for evolution. I would give it a a, a six point five. All right, so I think we're averaging then to like a six point yes, two there. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jacob, what about what about you? Uh, original, uh, I'll stick at a six. Uh, evolution, I'll go six point five. Best medium <laughs> soundtrack. Fair. I will accept that answer. All right, Freddie, your your final score for the for the two books. Uh, you know, I'm gonna stick with a. It's hard for me to separate it all out, so I'm gonna stick with a seven point two. And I'm just looking at the whole thing. Once you get the idea of it all, once you read the book, once you once you play the video game, you you really get, get that the trading experience. cards. Get the trading cards, get the action figures. Get the action figures. You know, reading this book at the ripe old age of 11, uh, didn't really understand it. <laughs> and but, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I, in my opinion, I, I really liked the video game. It brought back a lot of nostalgia, just listening to it and playing it. And 
hearing the repetitive soundtrack, I, I was in for it. So I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Caleb, what's your final score? Um, I'm going to have to stick with a 6.0 for the, uh, just a 6 for Shadows of the Empire. If I, if I have to grade evolution, it'd be lower than that, so I'll, I'll just be generous and say 5. Are for evolution and my my original score was a, i believe a 6.5 and, and i think i am i have to leave it there i mean like i said i love i, I really enjoy the art and i really encourage you if you know if, if you want to look want to see some 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 really classic 90s looking art and some really cool space battles and i encourage you to pick up pick up mm -hmm. the and just look through it like i said the story is is all over the place i would absolutely like a few like a, a few people said in the chat i would absolutely read the novel first uh but yeah so 6.5 for for the for the comic uh and and the evolution doesn't really change the score too much to me i mean you know maybe at 6.6 .6, so but all right, well, that was a a, a very interesting <laughs> conversation. Thank uh. you for everybody for joining us, Jacob. You've got a couple of uh, announcements for us before I wrap up the show. So when we're turned over to you, and what do you have for us? Yeah, so I, yeah, we it's you know this is the first night of a big crossover for us, the first real Utini Network crossover we've ever done. So. We, of course, talked about the comic books today. We're talking about, well, not us, but Legends Look Back is talking about the novel tomorrow with uh, myself and Emma. And then on Friday, I just threw in a little, like, scuffed text there, is uh, Game Night. So Andrew will be playing Shadows of the Empire. Jared's going to be hopping on talking about, you know, it, basically it's just going to be uh, an hour or two for Jared to take all the thoughts he couldn't put in the previous two roundtables and then dump them on the Game Night audience. Uh, so <laughs> we'll be doing that. Uh, so, but yeah, before we head out, uh, just want to thank Freddie for joining us and also thanking Jared for joining us and putting this whole round crazy crossover event together. Cause, uh, I certainly could not have done this and, uh, we're, we're really happy to be, you know, stories aside, we're happy to be, uh, getting together as a, a big Utini family. Yeah. I love it. It's a, it's a good time capsule. Yeah, yeah, Jake, uh, uh, Jared, I'll, I'll let you say the final word before I send off because I this, this was your idea, right? This was when we started this. You said you, when we started this comic show, this was this was your idea. So uh, I want to thank. Don't blame you me. For, Don't blame uh, me for this. For, no, this was a great time. This was a great time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I want to have your you 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 send us out with uh, with any final thoughts. Sure. Thank you to our listeners for staying up late, especially if you're on the East Coast. We got we got coast to coast. We got Maine to California on this episode so we're covering a huge swath of time zones and uh it's been a lot of fun getting this thing started i've enjoyed the disagreement i enjoyed how much i enjoyed how much <laughs> caleb disliked evolutions i mean mm -hmm. it's just it's fun to subject you guys to this and then next time around we can do something like a you know legends vader event of some sort but um i it's just just it's my dream come true to get to do this with the utini team Yes, yes. It was. This is a lot of fun. It is always fun when we have guests on the show, and and Jared's been on here twice now. So uh, I, I I imagine that uh, a third time will be uh, right around the corner, 
and, and, and Freddie, I'm sure we, we're going to find time to bring you back as well. But for now, for tonight, uh, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Cosmic Force. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and the channel, uh, both here on YouTube and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you tune in live right here on YouTube every Wednesday night, normally at 8 o'clock. Next week, we go back to our regular time at 8 o'clock. So join us live in the chat. Uh, we always have a good time. Uh, if, you'd like to, if you like what you hear, please leave us uh, reviews on iTunes. It helps other people find the show, and we always appreciate all of your kind words. Um, so be sure to visit you, and also be sure to visit utini.com for reviews of these comics and the novel, and all other articles and news for the entire expanded universe. We also encourage you to join our Utini Discord at utini.com/discord, and also, of course, if you like and want to support the show, you can join us over at patreon.com/utini. Uh, we want to spend a special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their continued amazing support. You can tweet the show at Cosmic Force Show uh, or the host individually. I'm at Ty Rags. Emma is at Irma Irma Jedi 26. Caleb is at Caleb Laminick. Jacob is at Jacob Bosch. Jacob or uh, Jared is at Jerry Q Mays. Or why do we put the two Jerry J names next to each other? <laughs> and Freddie is at Wake Up Freddie. <laughs> Thanks again for all of my co-hosts tonight. Thank you, Jacob, for producing and doing another great job. Thank you for all of you in the chat, and thank you all whenever and wherever you are listening. We truly appreciate all of your support. We'll be back next week, but until then, may the force be with you. Thank you.